G'day everyone, welcome to another episode of Chewing the Bat, where we delve into numerous sporting topics around Australia and also across the globe. In this week's episode, we're going to give you advancements in sport, technology advancements in sport. My name's Jack, and I'm once again gladly joined by good mate, fellow sporting diehard, and I guess colleague as well, Gus, Gus Bus. How you going? Good, thanks Jack. How are you? Yeah, good mate. I don't know if we can call each other colleagues though, if we're not getting paid. Is that no income? No. <laughs> income might be a prevailing condition of becoming a colleague. Sounds nice though, a colleague. It lends us a business-like air. Is that what we're going for? That's why I tuck my shirt in. <laughs> it's not tucked in at the moment. Oh, I tried to get away with it. <laughs> belly out. I'm just, <laughs> belly out. I'm paint a picture for the listeners. I'm trying to. I was just trying to sneak away with one. All um, right. Tuck it in. There we go. In it goes. All right business all right once again we want to thank and he's back we missed him last week but we had a good feeling but we're bloody glad he's back producer prey how you going pretty good <laughs> that's good mate did you have a good weekend fantastic what did you do i went covid dodging <laughs> into covid hotspot yeah i went to sydney barbecues galore <laughs> i didn't i already have a barbecue two of them actually so didn't do you have a, any, uh... do you have a barbecue alone <laughs> <laughs> Who was the footy player that they come across? Jimmy Maloney. Jimmy Maloney. Oh, the only barbecuing alone. The barbecuing alone um, popped up recently was Action Bronson. Oh, he was legitimately barbecuing, <laughs> like grilling meat. Grilling. <laughs> yeah. You know, Action Bronson was in The King of Staten Island. Yeah, I've seen I it. I watched it the other yeah, day. Yeah, I've seen it. Or the other week. It, it was, was a surprise cameo towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. With a stab wound. Yeah, coming out of that like. Um, like car crash or something. I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Good movie. Go watch it. Yeah, everyone. Amazon Prime. <laughs> okay. Um, before we get into some sport chat. I have another fact about All right. the King of Staten Island. No, no, go. It's my new specialty. There's a song in it. You know the, You know when they're in the bar and they're like singing a song and they don't know the words much and then they know a couple of the words and then they don't know the rest of the words? Yeah. Pretty good description. <laughs> if you've seen the movie, you'll pick that. You've nailed it. <laughs> It's by a band called The Wallflowers. Right. And the lead singer is Bob Dylan's son. No way. Cool. Jacob Dylan. How'd you figure that out? JD. Soundtrack? Yeah, soundtrack and then just Spotify and then... I really like that song. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Before we get into it, boys, some sport chat. Once again, we want to thank our longtime podcast sponsor, Kiala Organic Beef. They are 100% certified organic beef and pork. Straight from their local farm and delivered straight to your door or workplace. Or wherever you are. Or wherever you want to be. Even if you are in the sea. <laughs> That's not it, mate. Are we rhyming? <laughs> no. um, Is there a fourth line? No, it's just the two lines. Wherever yeah. you are, wherever you want to be, they'll deliver it to you. Oh, my bad. My fault. <laughs> I thought it was simple enough. <laughs> I haven't got the notes in front of me. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, once again, um, yeah, thanks to Kiala Organic Beef. And you can visit their website on our Instagram page through our linked tree link. And they're also... Just <laughs> <laughs> face nodding. Yeah, he's not. Just making that. sure. Okay. So yeah, go check them out. Um, all right. Boys, we are... I think, I believe, we've agreed this is going to be the last conversational topic 
for season one. Oh, <laughs> so much. <laughs> We're yeah, not having a break. Two-day break, and then straight back into season two, I reckon. Short like off-season. Short off-season. Um, Midweek off-season. That's got to be uncommon in world sport. That's true. Every off-season gets at least one weekend. Well, NRL have that weird NR state of origin period. Is that an off-season? Oh, that's true. Maybe oh. we're just in origin period. <laughs> yeah. Does that make this origin one? Yeah, I'd say that. Better make it a good one. Bloody hope. Um, so <laughs> today we're going to be ripping into advancements in sport, trying to link that to our recent trilogy of goat chats and also probably linking it to our previous chats as well. Um, I think it links. I'm sure it links. I think, I think it all links somehow. <laughs> well, it's all master sport. plan. It's all sport, master plan, season one. So we've had a pretty good run. We, what did we start off with? We had format changes in sport, running then into our first ever interview with Kimberly Birrell. That was a beauty. That was a treat. Um, we backed up you know, quite strongly with producer Swizzle and Taylor Madrick in our transition to am- from amateur to pro chat. Um, I got the sh- shake of the head from Maddie, producer Frey there. He's jealous. <laughs> He's been jealous ever since producer Swizzle sat in that chair. Yeah, I know. You can, you can see it in his face. Um, following that, we had our Game Changers chat. Game also, Changers and Game Changers? Yeah. Game Changers and Game Changers. That was quietly probably one of my favourites, actually. I liked it, and not just for the fun name. Did you say yeah. Game Changers and Change Gamers? I think... Uh, I didn't, but I wish I did. <laughs> we did now. Um, and that was just before our trilogy of goats. Goats part one, part two, and part three. <laughs> three billion Don't lose your confidence <laughs> after two. So we're rounding it out with technology advancements in sports, how it's changed over the last few decades. And we're gonna be trying to answer we're gonna try to answer a couple crunch questions at yep. the end. So stay tuned. We'll think of the crunch questions soon. One, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get through it. But first, our favorite segment, the listeners' favorite segment. The listeners love it. Sport of the week. Do you want to go first? I'll go first. Sport of the week. So my TSC for this week. Um, it's attributed to today, young Max. Tennis, our super tennis superstar, Max. He um, yep. bumped into him last week. And oh, he, he had it for you? Yeah. Oh, wow. I yeah, thought you were no. just dedicating it to him. No. <laughs> and I wasn't as fired up. <laughs> no, he he brought this. He raised this with me. I've never heard of it. I've never seen it. Wow. It is crazy. So, it's essentially downhill mo- mountain biking on the Alps in the snow. Whoa. So. Cool. You this, can't have wheels in the snow. Oh, you can. You can. <laughs> just you wait. So, it's it's an annual event. Um essentially exactly as I described you're on they're on mountain bikes going downhill in the snow and it's on it's in the French Alps on the mountain of hell hmm. <laughs> so it's a 25 kilo, kilometer course um, I think it's f- 15 miles essentially they start off at the top of this mountain 700 athletes riders all burst down together so they're hitting speeds of like 80 90 clicks an hour going down this hill and into the straight at the end so they start off with it is this is it winter time yeah it's snowy it's on snow it is on snow yeah it's it's crazy well, i can't I sh- get past the wheel issue <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not pow pow 
It's probably a little not bit... Fr- yeah. Not fresh pow pow. <laughs> not as good as Falls Creek? No. Falls Creek? <laughs> Mount Buller? <laughs> better? <laughs> Definitely better. Worse. <laughs> anyway, you got to watch it. Um, and yeah, it's essentially the fastest to complete the... It's, it's just, it's just straight line course. drop. So it's just, it's like, it's kind of like roll, the cheese roll. Exactly. You just got to go nuts. Yeah. Get after it. Big and roll crashes, down. big pileups. First um, one to dig their bike out of the But if, if you can get through at the start and get away without crashing, you're in for a shot. That's like an ocean swim. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want to get caught up in the peloton, that's you for just sure. You don't want to get caught up. <laughs> I've never done an ocean um, swim, I uh, imagine. Gee, I forget the name of this sport. It, has, it does have one, but yeah, it's. Downhill mountain biking in the Alps on the mountain of hell. That's my sport of the week. Do they have wheels? <laughs> I'm going to keep coming back to this until you tell me. I'm going to show you the video. Do they have just like, you know, snowmobiles have sort of those. I'm showing you the video right now. Let me just backtrack. Oh, that's mayhem. So they start at the top of this Alp and it's probably... It's firm. It's kind of firm. It's kind of firm. It's like a, it's, it's like it's a ski slope. Snow. Yeah, and not pow pow. And you, it kind of bottle, oh. bottlenecks towards the end. So you got to be that's a bit crafty chaos. in terms of how you get out of the. You don't want to be caught in the descent. peloton. My word. No, so it is chaos. Seven hundred athletes, and people fly in from all over all over the world to do this. Not for me. <laughs> no. Be cool to say you've done though. Anyway, that's I wouldn't my... mind trying it, but I'd like to do it with no one around, and I just, just solo. I'd ride the brakes. <laughs> Probably because bare knuckling. You, honestly, though, you definitely would. Yeah. But anyway, that's my one. What have you got for us? Do I've ha- got. Do you have one for us? <laughs> I didn't have one until about half an hour ago, and producer Frey <laughs> gave me one. <laughs> Thank you, producer Frey. You're welcome. It's called Tejo. Interesting. It's from Colombia, <laughs> so some of our friends could perhaps. Tell us if they've played it. That's true. I would dearly like to play this one. Does it involve a football? It does not. It essentially is... It it looks a lot like cornhole. It's a throwing game. Oh, I love cornhole. But instead of landing in a hole, it's just a board that is like putty. And I think you're <laughs> aiming for a pipe in the middle. And you throw a metal disc. But there are small targets in the putty that explode if you hit them. They're filled with gunpowder. I think you get points for hitting them right? and just for getting it on the board. And it's everything I read about it says that officially and unofficially, you're meant to be drinking beers as you do it. So I think it's like darts. <laughs> That's definitely I think it's see. like Colombian darts. It says there are some professional teams, but are you throwing it's not it, televised. Are you throwing it towards a wall or is it on the ground? It's like a, it's a little, it's like a cornhole size thing. Oh, right. You know how a cornhole has a little yeah, ramp? Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's a little frame built and in the middle is the sort of putty to catch them. But embedded in that are it's these little... Colombian cornhole with a bit of a bang. With a bang, yeah. <laughs> I saw I did see. I saw a video on Jack Black's YouTube and he took Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters yeah. to play in Colombia. That is very niche. It looked all the time. Tier D. Don't slander me like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll take tier D. That's even better. Um, I mean, this could be the one I want to play most since possible. I, I don't know how we're going to arrange gunpowder. <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> oh, of course you would. <laughs> we might need to go on site. The Colombian fans. We might have to do a poll, I reckon, at the end of this week for all of our sport of the weeks. Do you remember what we've had? 
Nope. I remember a few. <laughs> <laughs> we had chest boxing. We had ear pulling. Yeah. We had a couple good underwater ones. hockey. We yeah. had Bus- unicycle football. Bossable. Bossable. Bog snorkeling. Bog snorkeling. Worm charming. Hopping. Cannon hopping. <laughs> uh, tech ball. Tech ball. I'm golf. sure there were more. There's more. We'll probably rattle off Farmer, half of them. Farmer's golf. Farmer's golf. Farmer's golf. We got a good few there. Vote from those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll put up. We'll put up a poll at the end of the week. Looking at producer Frey for this one. <laughs> another another promise on the behalf of yeah. P- producer Frey. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's. How about we get into it? That's our sport of the week, and so for this episode. As mentioned before, we're going to be doing advancements in sport, looking at different sports, how they've changed over the last few decades, and then trying to put athletes pre-80s into the shoes of our current athletes and see how they'll fare up. Yeah, Um, that does link up. And I think it ties off quite nicely with our GOAT chat as well. Um, There are a lot of athletes that we spoke about pre-80s, 70s, and also currently. So it's going to be good to kind of link link those yeah. athletes together. In well, a way. Every, everything we kept coming back to was like, we just kept butting heads against the wall of going, it's difficult to compare across eras. Exactly. For so many reasons. Maybe we'll try and talk about a few of those reasons today. I think we're going to try and link them. I reckon we'll get through this. Tough, right? tough one. Tough one. <laughs> Very tough. But one of the biggest changes, obviously, is the advancements in technology, in particular equipment. Yeah. Um, the biggest ones that we've seen, I believe would be, I think the most obvious one would be in your F1. So you're changing. Yeah. That one is really, (laughs) that stands out. (laughs) Build a quick, quicker car, have more tech and safer car, safer car. A lot safer. And you have, it it is now actually. It is though. I know you're wincing producer Frey, but it's definitely safer than it used to be. Um, well we saw it. This season with Romain Grosjean. Yeah. With that ridiculous crash. Went under a digger or something in a fireball. Rip, yeah, ripped his car in half, fireball, and he was stuck under like um, pretty much like metal pylons. Mm. But he just was in the little cocoon. Exactly. But um, plus they also implemented a thing on the, uh, on the car called the halo, which is like a carbon uh. fiber bridge across the front of the driver's helmet. Doesn't break. Yeah, so that's pretty much saved his life. So that's another equipment change. But within the F1, they're getting safer and faster. Definitely much faster yeah. as well. Um, Producer Frey could probably pull up the times on this one if he's got quick fingers tonight. But, hot uh, fingers. <laughs> hot fingers. We're requesting hot fingers tonight, but Producer Frey, because we of, did no homework. Yeah, out of all the sports I could think about, your motorsports, in particular F1, have a very distinct... Well, it's really obvious because the old racers or the old drivers, like... They were essentially just right. The, the F1 cars felt a lot more just like very fast sport cars yeah. as opposed to something totally out of this world that yeah. you just wouldn't see. And it was crazy dangerous, but it just felt like they were stepping into these like unreliable, hotted up sport cars. Pretty much. Yeah. You know, if you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it was so much, it was more inside the realm of possibility for what you might see on the road. Whereas now it's just a spaceship. Well, now it's just ridiculous. Like they're, they're taking corners at over 200 k's an hour. That's and, nuts. and hitting speeds, hitting like 310, 315, 320 k's an hour on straights. Have you ever gone 200 kilometers an hour? Definitely not. Smart. <laughs> not, smart not to say it on wax. <laughs> yeah. I don't speed, mate. Oh. 
So <laughs> I've never seen his speed. Anyone <laughs> listening, I've never seen him speed. I don't know why I was suspicious of him. The first thing I've pulled up for the F1 in terms of times is, of course, a Spanish GP, which we've just had. Congrats, Lewis Hamilton, on winning that once again. 100 poles, by the way. First person in history to ever do that. Pole position. Pole position. Great. Yeah. Is that what that means? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Ski poles? <laughs> the Uno. Number one. So, the Spanish GP has, I mean, the actual track itself has changed shape, distance a little bit. Oh, that's got to play a factor in. Which plays a big time difference, but just blanket the time. Would they scrap, would they then like reset times then if they change a track? What I was trying to pull up quickly there was the first race where (laughs) a big gulp of tea from... (laughs) I turned my mouth away from the mic. <laughs> if anyone's listening, I don't know if you heard that gulp of tea, but Gus is ripping red hot into a fresh cup of Dilma. <laughs> I turned away. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I just couldn't break. get it down quietly. I tried. <laughs> tried my hardest. So, we'll go back. 1950, the track was pretty different. The time was about well, an hour longer than it is. Well, now. yeah, because like, you go back to the 50s, like tracks are going to be different. The tarmac probably different. Yeah. The cars, like we just mentioned, as well, a lot slower. Like imagine the cars they'd be driving in the fifties, heavier, heaps heavy. The material is really different. Like if you think of, I was looking at the other day. Is this isn't race car related? It's actually industrial vehicle related. Um, but my dad told me about this company called Arrival, and they do they've just they're in production, but they have a deal with like UPS to do delivery vans. Yeah. Their vans are made out of like some sort of recycled material. This guy was walking around the factory. Aside from, they had a heap of interesting things going on. But the point I wanted to make is he was lifting up full panels of vans with ease above his head, right? right. They that light. But then they got a truck to run one over and it didn't crack or shatter or even it barely bent. Carbon fiber? Some sort of recycled waste. Oh, where made is it? Made into a crazy what? material. <laughs> Where the hell? Bring it on. Give it to us. It's it's soon. Is it? I don't, I don't know. Well, I think soon those vans will come out and presumably that sort of materials technology will follow. But as an indication of like back in the day, they would have been racing what? In steel? Aluminium? Yeah, definitely. Steel probably for the safety. Yeah. Titanium, steel. Yeah. Heavy. But now just the, the composite materials. Well, it's mainly carbon fiber now, isn't it? Which is... And plant fiber. Yeah. So light. Mm. So bloody light and somehow... Super safe. Somehow. <laughs> anyway, let's um brush over a couple more sports. What have you got for us? Well, just the times. The times. We never got there. So, oh, the times. So got distracted. I, I just quickly flicked through the track pictures and I've gone back to 1995. Winner at that year, Mick Schumacher. Not the current. <laughs> senior. Um, senior. Um, so back then... They did one less lap. It was a kilometer less. And the fastest time recorded was an hour 21. 2021, Mr. Hamilton, in an hour 16. Who has shaved that off pretty... So he's, he's added a kilometer to the race. And, and shaved, time. shaved about six minutes off. Five minutes off. And when you think about races, they're usually decided by seconds. Or hundreds of seconds. Well, this is this is another to shave minutes. Yeah. Well, talking about this before, this is another one where it kind of differs within different sports. So we can probably categorize your sports that 
are reliant on getting the best possible time. So your F1, yeah. swimming, track and field, so your 100 meters, marathons. Um, what else is there? Well, any Anything at the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 200 meters. Those, those sports in particular, you can attribute it you can Mainly really clearly see advancement ex- in the exactly. Sport. One of them, um, swimming, mm. is a huge one. So we pulled up a graph before having a look at different rule changes within swimming. So I believe in the fifties they implemented the what do you call it? The tumble turn. Tumble turn. Can you do a tumble turn? I can, mate. Clean. <laughs> I was about to ask you the same question. <laughs> I cannot. That's at least not clean. <laughs> It's like one of those half committed sideways. <laughs> yeah. You end sort up, of yeah. half sideways, head pointing down. You don't end up pushing off the wall cleanly. No. Straight to the surface. Yeah. <laughs> end up way too far away and then you just tap the wall. Did you did you go for the tumble turn in school swimming carnivals or did you do the tap and turn? I think I would have done a tap and turn. <laughs> turn and burn. A turn. I was always sick on uh, swim day. Smart. Oh, that's good. Clutch. <laughs> <laughs> a runner, not a fighter, a maybe. <laughs> a land mammal. <laughs> I'm a runner, not a swimmer. Um, anyway, what was again? Swimming. Tumble turns. You Tum- see a massive drop in the graph. At, yeah. And, over it, and it shaved off, I think, about um, in, in a 100 meter race. I think they were looking at the 100 meter free. Yeah, it was like a couple, one to two seconds it shaved mm, off the time. Right away. Um, the next big change was, I think, 20 years later in the incorporation of the off flow of, or the water run. The gutters. The gutters. Which, which we all see at pools. Didn't know that this is... Didn't think no. about it. So essentially, they have gutters on the side of Olympic pools now to stop the flow back mm. and re- uh, reduce resistance on the swimmer. Yeah. They're stopping... Um, I was going to try and say the type of flow where the water's all jumbled, <laughs> but I didn't have, didn't have it. Um, Laminar flow is when water flows cleanly through a pipe. So... The opposite of non-laminar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can get an opposite. Producer Frey's shaking his head. <laughs> that was close. That was close to a good fact, Producer Frey. But the but the biggest um, change we've seen within swimming is the incorporation of swimsuit in two thousand eight, or the swimsuit, which um, are now now banned? I think they're banned. So and interestingly, the curve is still going down. But a bit more slowly. Yeah, a bit more slowly. There's no drastic change. It was interesting looking over time compared to, yeah, through the 50s, 70s, through to now, it really is starting to shave off time as opposed to taking big chunks out of it. Do you think sports in general will sort of get to that point? Do you think we'll ever peak? I know the goal is to not. The plateau. Yeah. So what is your... Do you think we'll peak and plateau? Because I know the goal is to keep getting better. They don't. I guess they don't save the time if you do slower. So a world record can stand for a while, but eventually it's going to get broken. Well, I guess a world record is, you know, an outlier. So Michael Phelps, you could consider an outlier. He was just a freak. That's true. So like out of the millions of people that participate in the sport, you'd think that there'd be an outlier. Eventually every, you get another one. If the whole, if the median of the sport is slowly shifting down in time, mm. eventually you get an outlier far enough away to break the world record. Exactly. I guess, but the, yeah, the, the progress looks slow. Yeah. Get the missile back. <laughs> the missile. <laughs> he might break it. You remember you know, the missile? James, the James missile Magnuson. Magnuson. Oh, the miss, 50, yeah. 50 meter free. I think he did. What happened to him? I don't know. He's probably still kicking her out. Yeah, he's probably still. 
Probably still in the pool. Probably swimming with Cody Simpson. Don't tempt me. <laughs> Don't tempt me with that. Uh, <laughs> Imagine Cody learning the secrets of the missile. <laughs> He'll be uh, at, what's the 2024 Olympics? Paris. Yeah, sure. Is it Paris? I was going to say Tokyo, but that's blatantly in like that's, that's a month. In a month's time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, going back to the changes in swimming. So that, that was the biggest change we've seen is the incorporation of the swimsuit. I think it shaved about a second and a bit. Which, off. you know, we're, again, we're talking hundredths of a second. It was the biggest shave in time from all the changes we've seen in swimming, um, which I then think, I believe, is the reason why they, they scrapped the swimsuit because people were just getting too crafty with uh, it. It, it, it does give you an avenue to keep doing different kinds of technology. Yeah exactly maybe so, you look at some ribbing or you go fully smooth like how does the water flow over you your air what's it called fluid dynamics not aerodynamics yeah it, there's a whole different avenue of the technology to be done and i guess they said we want it to just be a human endeavor didn't kathy freeman run in a full she did suit? run in a full suit Do i don't know if that's legal anymore because she had a head on as well yeah everyone has a head on she had a hood on a suit. Like one of those cycling helmets almost. No. <laughs> it was lycra, but it, w- it went over her head. Yeah. To it, stop her hair flapping around, I suppose. I know. I was swimming. Well, having said that, going on to our 100-meter sprint, this is a super interesting one. Because mm. one of the biggest talks or questions is that, is it due to a technological change that we see these increased speeds and times? Or is it due to potentially genetics and just people being getting faster and stronger every decade. Or taller or shorter. Exactly. In sprinting, however, we looked at this earlier and we didn't see... Who, who was the 60s runner? Jesse... Jesse Owens was in the 30s. 30s. So way, 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 way um, before our time. And we're comparing it to Usain Bolt. Obviously, like the 20, fastest 2013 man in the world. time or something it was. It was, and it was a diff- 977. Yeah, so the difference in time. So Usain ran a 977. I think so. Jesse ran a 102. Yeah. Which is not far off. It's really not. And in the scheme of things, it's not at all far and, off. And the difference in terms of what they had in technology is astounding. So obviously, currently, they're running on, um, I think it's rubber almost. It is kind of rubbery. Kind of like it's 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 springy anyway. It, and, anyway, it has bounce back. The the surf exactly the bounce back. The surface gives pretty much aid to the runner in terms of because you're not losing any force into the. Well, I'm sure they lose. You obviously lose a bit. There's no wasted force in the process in terms of you're putting force down and you you are getting. Yeah, exactly. You're not wasting any like because if you. Anyone who's run in sand knows that a lot of force is getting wasted because you're just Oh, yeah. How tough are sand sprints? Oh, the worst. (laughs) Uphill? I'm not built for it. (laughs) No. No, sir. Damien Cook is. (laughs) He loves a beach sprint, that guy. Beach sprint world champion. (laughs) Oh, I used to hate it. I remember training back at Kwana with TFP Academy Tennis. Tennis fitness performance. <laughs> good good memory, man. Right, tennis fitness physio. Oh, my bad. I think it was performance and they changed it to physio. Anyway, every it was like a surprise Friday fitness or something. Oh, that's the and, worst. And one, t- and one day, or for one term, Clint would take us to the beach to do June sprints. Hated it. Yeah. It was terrible. So bad. <laughs> um, you get more tired. You feel slow and ungainly. Yeah, and there's a very increased chance of spewing. Afterwards. Huge chance. Huge chance. <laughs> Yuck. Um, anyway, so going back to the sprinting. So 
the biggest question is whether we'd see Jesse compete well or potentially run faster than a Usain Bolt with the same equipment. So the changes we've seen is they have the, the, the steps initially. Blocks. The, the box. Blocks. Blocks, sorry. The box. <laughs> the blocks. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the running surface. Probably the... Shoes. Shoes. The spikes. Imagine the spikes. how heavy shoes were in... Because they would have been leather. Definitely. Actually, fun fact for the Aussies out there, 100% of our listening base, except for the Welsh community. That's true. They were made of kangaroo leather back oh. in the day. There really? The first the first ones back in 1850s. Kangaroo leather with leather with nails. Interesting. Just driven nails. Through, driven through the base. Oh, oh that's heavy. That'd be so loose. <laughs> that's so That's dreadful. If you put Jesse with blocks on today's track and field surface, with some lightweight with some light shoes, plastic spikes. What was the difference in time? It was like 400ths of a second. Yeah. 500ths of a second. And and another three of the one decimal place next. <laughs> You'd have to say he'd probably run as quick or if not faster. He'd have to back him. I, I honestly, it, that's feel, a big I know it feels like a pretty, like it doesn't feel like a huge difference in speed, but if, for a massive difference, like you say, in technology and equipment. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that even though sprinting in particular 100 meter, 100 meter race is determined by hundredths of a second after how long ago was that 90 years ago that's crazy 90 you, I years think ago i think of the 30s as closer than 90 years ago no oh, mate we're <laughs> time's flying yeah. we're getting old wow. um you'd have to say he'd be up there with the usain bolt yeah would you agree he ran it in 10.3 seconds all right i ted talk live what did he say 10.2 and claim 10.2 yeah. and bolt's done it in six sorry not six, wow. 9.58. Swift. 9.58. There you go. Yeah, the 9.77 wasn't his best. Right. But to be fair, the track, like not only, like we're talking about how good it is now. We didn't mention it was on, they said cinders in the when Jesse Owens was running in the 30s. Yeah. Like ashes. Ashes. Maybe they had a light roller, like a cricket pitch on it. I don't know. So there's no, there's nothing helping you there. But he, you're, you're almost slipping. You, yeah. It's like a beach sprint. He would have had nails in those, uh, those kangaroo leathers. <laughs> but it said um, he had to. They didn't have blocks. They dug out holes to to start that, to start. You from. had to do it yourself too. There's no explosion out of a hole. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, and trust me on that. <laughs> You've done it. Of course. <laughs> um, and similar to that. Tell me you're not going for a jockey. Mate, I'll do what I want. <laughs> you're just gonna you're gonna give me the eyes to talk for two minutes um similar to sprint or well not similar going to marathon running we've seen as well <laughs> telltale crinkle <laughs> mate mate i'm mid podcast we're half an hour in i deserve a chocolate need a little chocolate need a little treat mm, um, cool. i might eat it when we go to our over and under segment actually smart <laughs> marathon running we yeah. saw for the first time ever, what, two years ago? Was it Eric? What was his name? Elliot Kipchoge. Kipchoge. Yep. Run a marathon in sub two. Um, that was very much aided by technology. That was technology. So, so that much was, so that they that was, didn't count it. Yeah, that was shoes. There was um, people running in front of him to create draft. 
Yeah, that's not quite race conditions when no. people are like <laughs> rotating through at yeah. their freshest. You have to be fresh to keep up with his pace. That's a crazy thing. It's a quick pace. Yeah, I don't know if well, I could the, even get the up. The pace there. runners only ran, I think it was five or ten k's at a time, and then they swapped out. That's the thing. Yeah. So he's still incredibly impressive within that. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Like, <laughs> think about it. People are having to take turns at a shorter length to keep up that pace for him. It's unbelievable, and watching. Uh, I don't have you. See, have you watched the highlights for it? Watch the full yes. thing. <laughs> I watched. Well, you can. Thing. It's that short. <laughs> Producer Frey has. <laughs> yeah, actually. I watched the whole thing. Yeah, oh, it was amazing. phenomenal. It we was... actually, a little shout out to a friend of the show, you know, Gabe Tiernan? Yeah, her brother was one her, of the runners. Her brother was one of the runners. Yeah. Local legend. I don't wow. think she listens to the show, though. She's better. <laughs> Sometimes people get a feeling when they get shouted out. It's sort of cosmic. They get a feeling that they better tune in. <laughs> I've found. It's not a thing. Shout someone out. They'll probably DM us next week. Raphael Nadal. <laughs> if you're listening. Shoot for the moon. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Um, so, yeah, marathon running, that's a huge one. And whether we will see anyone else ever break the two-hour, even with those same um, advancements that Kipchoge had. Mm. Well, that's a sport that's really struggling to get past that barrier. But we have seen that before. We have seen barriers that... People like the four-minute mile. That's not yep. considered a hectic barrier anymore at all. No. Well, it used to be somewhat of a feat. But now, like, college athletes are doing it pretty comfy. Even high school athletes are doing it pretty comfortable. Well, I saw a video of... Um, have you heard of... I think his name is Matthew Bowling mm. in the US. Yeah. He ran a sub-10 in high school. Yeah. 100 meters. So, and that's got to be attributed to what we talked about. Like, he's... Tr- you know, he's... Think of the train, like they didn't have, I doubt they had sprint coaches back then for Jesse Owens, but look at Roger Fabree now. How could Roger Fabree, by the Put way? Put Jesse Owens with Roger Fabree. Mate, he'd be run, running a sub and blocks. Nine. <laughs> sub 9-4. The cadence he would be delivering. <laughs> My word. So you got to think of it that way. That's, that is the thing. Like the, the training available to people aside from everything else. So do you think aside from the technological advancements, Jesse with the help of Fabri and sports science. <laughs> specifically Fabri. Specifically Fabri. Shout out. Would he be running bolt pace? Yes. With nothing to back it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just pure gut feeling. Gut feel. Well, you were talking about this. Is in, I want to talk about bolt because I'll let, I don't know. You teased us with it before we went on air yeah. about athletes merging into niches for their body type more. Yes. You go into that and then I'll tell well, you something. Well, it was, I think, around the 60s and pre-60s where sport wasn't professional. Well, m- the majority of sport wasn't professional. Pretty much pretty any sport. Much every, any been, sport. Even until the 90s, like a lot of things. I think the whole mindset was it, with it was that to be good at sport, any sport, you just have to be a medium build, pretty muscly, low body fat percentage, and that was it. You were good at sport. The rocket rod laver. Yeah, perfect example. Um, very good. Ken Muscles Rosewall, <laughs> another one. Um, and now since the incorporation of media and sponsorships and monetization within sport, we then we now see different body compositions and types niche into what sports they would be best at. Mm. So shot put, your throws, obviously big builds, long distance runners, low body fat percentage, 
Not too tall, not usually. Not too tall, light. Um, and that's what we now see within sport. Um, I've also... Have you heard of, like, the whole gene thing where you can, like, manipulate DNA... To, to get like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's verging on some dangerous territory. I think it's a thing. Yeah, and you can like choose. Stuff. You can like they can now manipulate like muscle fibers and stuff. Really? Then the like you. You can choose pre- if you want them to be fast twitch or not. Exactly. I think that's a thing now. So I'd go all fast twitch. <laughs> I'd get a place at the Fabri Academy. <laughs> Purple eyes, blue hair. <laughs> I'd start working on inside passes. You or for your kid. <laughs> My child. <laughs> Sorry, Kate. <laughs> Sorry, Kate. Have a chat to um, Uncle Nick at <laughs> Sydney. <laughs> and just, just tee up some little position. No, well, that it, when you said that, it got me thinking because not only is he an outlier in terms of performance, but he defies expectations in terms of that body type. You're saying bolt. Tall. Tall. Tall and long. Tall and long, and not. Yeah. Obviously explosive, but I think he, in a lot of ways, defies explanation that he could possibly produce that much force from his body. I think I once heard that. Yeah. Well, the, in a lab, they tested how much force he was putting down at full sprint, and they were like, "This shouldn't happen. You shouldn't be able to produce this." And he somehow does. He just and does. Similar to this, sprinters pre seventies and eighties were normally pretty thin up top and big down the bottom. Ah. With sports science and advancements, you're now seeing guys jacked up top. Yeah, they always are. Because it also produces power, being ah. big up top. If you've got the cadence. Exactly. And the, the arm pump. Yeah. Mm. A little bit more weight leaning forward. So there's been some really... Momentum. Yeah, some really interesting That's true because every, people are modeling that, those kinetics and that motion with just resources that obviously weren't available back then, let alone... The techniques, exactly. So That's if you really wanna, noticeable change, if you want to be a good sprinter, get jacked. Do some box jumps, mm. Jack Hale, sand hill sprints, <laughs> sand hill sprints. Mm. Um, That's why I didn't take to it. <laughs> Never was much of a sprinter. Um, but yeah, well, that's weren't you? No, you weren't. I was pretty quick in like primary school. Yeah, you would have been. Yeah, you you were long. I though. was more. I was more of a cross country runner. Yeah. I mean, I was. I was. Always, I first first reserved for the district team a couple of times. <laughs> Big dog. <laughs> Twice in a row. What can I say? Four minute mile. <laughs> I'm not sure. No time. <laughs> Give me six months. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I'll write it right since now. Since you mentioned four minute mile again, I had a fact about that. There have been one thousand four hundred ninety seven people that have done it now. Wow. Three more people, we hit 1,500. That's actually not a lot of people. Call it a day. It's not, not a lot for how many people run, I guess, but it is a lot when you think of like, it was considered a massive achievement. That's true. I reckon we'll see that soon with the two-hour marathon. Youngest person was 16. That is quick. That is quick. That is very quick. His um, name was Jacob. Ing Brixton. Anyway, good on you, Jacob. Um, <laughs> In Brixton. <laughs> yeah. Well, so... That kind of rounds us off for that side of sport. So we had swimming, sprinting, or your track and field. There's obviously heaps of others that we could probably talk F1. about. But F1, all your time-based sports mm. rely heavily on technology. Whether that's in equipment or like you were just saying, in advancements in sports science yes. and training techniques. Exactly. Before we go on to your tennises, 
your basketball, your football. Let's go and do our over and under segment. Let's do it. Let's do it. And eat that chalky. <laughs> yeah. Gus, you can start, mate. <laughs> I will start. All right. <laughs> you can't uncrinkle a chalky. You can't it's open like a chalky quietly. It's like when you're in the cinema and you haven't cracked the thing of pods yet. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're waiting for that loud moment. <laughs> Trying to the target. Movie. Do you go quick with the rip? Because everyone says you're meant to go quick and just get it over yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, But then you risk of like ripping the bag over. <laughs> That's true. You don't want to be panicked. Don't want that adrenaline to hit and just go boom. No, I like to wait for a scene where I know it's going to be a delayed, loud noise. <laughs> or a you... long, sorry, a long, loud noise. And then you can just you can slow relax. as smooth you can but smooth as fast. Yeah, exactly. And you have a nicely opened packet of pods. You know pods are going out of production. Did you see that? Surely not. I su- supposedly. I can't believe. I can't believe why. They're the best-selling product. Everyone loves pods. You look upset. Oh, well and truly. I don't know if I've got fake news, but perhaps. I did. I I was actually looking for pods, so I was putting together a picnic basket the other day for Kim's birthday. Happy birthday, Kimbo! Um, Happy birthday, Kimbo! And I was trying to find pods, couldn't find them. Oh my gosh! So there you go. I would look it up, but all the results are about AirPods. Oh, anyway. <laughs> okay. Our over and under segment. Um, we've got two each for you and then a surprise one from producer Frey. I've actually got two. He's got two oh, as well. Two, two, two. We'll, surprise. How about we both two go first? Two. Two, two for 20? <laughs> two for two, two, two. <laughs> okay, what have you got for us? Uh, sports days at school. Cross country, <laughs> swimming carnival. All of them in one? Or Ath- athletics. Uh, you can look at them individually if you want, if you feel passionate about it. I hated them. I just hated them. All round. All round. You didn't like getting a killer python at the canteen? Underrated. No, the social aspect was great. But it's Frey likes them. I loved them. Except Um, swimming. Swimming, yeah. I was always always sick. I hated (laughs) swimming. I could do, yeah. And you're a swimmer and all. That's why I stopped, man. I hated it. Didn't like the vibe. No, I I hated the feeling of standing up on the block. Comparing yourself to Cody Simpson. And ready to dive in. I just, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, that is, that is. I, I didn't like swimming either for that, swimming, that similar reason. Swimming's overrated as a, as a, <laughs> back, back. not as a sport, as a school carnival. <laughs> yeah. Track the track at the sports day. What is, what athletics. Call it? Athletics. Underrated. Athletics was fun. So that was a great day. Because everything feels low stakes. Because there's so many things happening. Throw on shot puts. Throw on javelins. I'll try that. You want to do a hundred meter sprint? Like, oh, we don't it. have anyone from your age in the two hundred meters. All right. Exactly. Could do it. Why not? Yeah. Unless it was the 800. Didn't like getting called up for that. No, but there'd usually be enough good runners. Yeah, there's usually... Because they target, spots, they target yeah. those glory races. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I would say evenly rated. Cross country? Oh, overrated. I hated it. So, I would tell you, Producer Frey. I think it might have been in year 11 or maybe 12. We were... It was cross country day and we were going around... We were going around together and I kept stopping to walk <laughs> I was tired. <laughs> and Jack was, Jack was telling me, just come on, just run, just cheering me up. <laughs> yeah. Just being a good teammate, getting me up. And then our cross country course, we'd loop around the lake. We'd go up the hill. We'd go around the back of the school, whatever. And then you came down a little hill and you entered the oval and you hit a final straight to go to the finish line. I was sort of walking, trotting behind him. I put the, I put put the, the jets on from the behind bloody, him. Put the bloody burners on. <laughs> and, and, and put it, got him. Absolutely chipped me. <laughs> you Cadence. <laughs> I did the same thing with a friend. It was just momentum, mate. I couldn't stop. Yeah. So I was like, oh, 
accident. I just got excited by the crowd. Filthy. That's just good cadence. A good friend and I would always take... It's not good cadence. <laughs> <laughs> would, um, would always try to G up the cross-country day each year. So first, I think the first year we did that, we, we pretty much walked, jogged the whole way. And then the last 100 meters when we were with all the walkers, we just gutted at the line. Pick up some easy scalps. Yeah, exactly. That's it. <laughs> it's smart. It's a good way the to ne- do it. The next year, go yeah. hard and then walk the last 100 meters. Be like way ahead of... It's a bit of a, a baller very, move. Yeah. And then third year, you know, the classic commander all over <laughs> yeah. the line. That's, a That's true. Comedy finishes at cross country were a big, big thing. Yeah. <laughs> everyone would try something different. Something. Because everyone's there. So yeah. Everyone's yeah, at the line. Everyone's at the line. Rock up with the shirt backwards. You're like, when did you even change that? <laughs> um, yeah. I would say evenly rated um, as, as a whole for all the events. What, what's your second one? My second one is the movie Dodgeball. But I want to bring up, this is very relatable for us. I watched, we watched it last night. They get into dodgeball because Herb or whatever his name is. Yeah. The one with the glasses. Yeah. He is a reader of Obscure Sports Quarterly. <laughs> is that a thing? I don't know if it's a thing in we real could, life. We but could it, start that. It, we are essentially <laughs> fulfilling that service for people. <laughs> And then when they go to ESPN 8, the Ocho, and they have clips of playing soccer with a flaming ball and a water skiing squirrel and stuff. And I was just, <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, they've cornered our market. They've that's done it. really, I found the Facebook page and that's exactly their logo. <laughs> <laughs> squirrel jet skiing. Water skiing. Uh, but anyway, the movie in general, what do you reckon? Um... It's definitely underrated because I think at least four to five times per year, I would say if you could dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. That's true. That's an iconic quote. If you quote move, if you quote a movie at least yearly, it's underrated. It's up there. Yeah, along with sixty percent of the time. Hundred <laughs> percent of the time. I think those like. Is that where that's from? No, that's from Anchorman. I was gonna say that's another one. So all those movies that produce these unbelievable like quotes that people use day to day now. Yeah, that's just lexicon. Yeah. <laughs> Put it it's in the infiltrated. dictionary. Um, underrated. Is that called Producer Frey? You a fan? Love it. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I got two for you. Okay. Um, we just had a, I don't know what weight it was, but we had a boxing bout between Alvarez and um, Saunders. Saunders. So my question, over under, first round knockouts. <laughs> because it's like good to see right that's a tough question but also it cuts the fight short yeah it's high drama for a short period but you sort of miss out that's tough Un- overrated overrated first round KO if it's the yeah. title fight of the card yeah it's overrated then it's- if it's in the lead up fight oh so underrated that's where you're gonna see that next generate that next but don't you want to see the title that makes sense don't, I back that don't you want to see the title fight Go a bit of distance. That's yes. what it means. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. It's okay. overrated if it's the title fight. Gotcha. But if it's the rest of the card, underrated. I'm back. On. That I'm, makes sense. Because I don't usually watch the rest of the card anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Browning does. Yeah. Oh, he loves it. But that's that's true because you're still building towards something at that point. Yes. It's just a classic tale, a tale of a premature excitement, if you will. 100%. Um, good. My next one. Rare, but this, welcomed. This is probably more of a rhetorical 
answer for this one or a rhetorical question. Over underrated, frisbees, hollowed frisbees. Oh, with a wait, with a hole in the middle. Yeah, underrated. Underrated. What are you doing? You know the ones that we use for disc golf. Yeah, underrated. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I had one as a kid. Underrated. Underrated. It's so orange. good. You can never lose it. Even in terms of maneuverability. I lost. I lost a bright, bright. What am I? What color am I? Blue. <laughs> yeah. I, think I lost so. a bright blue one. First, first hole of disc golf. So underrated. Yeah, because when you're throwing it, my big issue with frisbees, big thick plastic frisbees, they always end up dinged up. Do you ever get blisters from them too? Yeah, they scratch you up. <laughs> Dude, I always get the blisters. And you juice frisbees. I don't want to catch a Jackmore fizzer <laughs> with a scratchy edge because I get cut on my soft fingers. You've got to absorb that. I know you've got to absorb it and I try, but sometimes it's up high and yeah, all of true. a sudden you don't think, oh, I've got to, you're just diving and you mm. snag it. Ah. You, you underestimate the RPM. Those RPMs? Are, yeah, yeah okay. So underrated. Whereas a nice, soft, circle hole one, that's just good family fun at the beach. You, you can even do it through the middle. Yeah, you can Straight through the middle if you want to be safe. Up the guts. Up the guts and into them. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, underrated. Producer Frey, what have you got for us? I'm excited. I've got two. Yep. Like you and you. <laughs> You two the two. two of us. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Um, first one, not being allowed onto a golf course because you haven't got the right clothes on. From what point of view? The golfer's point of view. Yeah. If you're like, oh, you're I'm pissed. just keen to play some golf, That's true, yeah. but I don't have a polo on. So as in like, club. the policy is over underrated. Yeah. Overrated. I actually read an article on this. Yeah. About how clubs are trying to transition away from that whole um, image. Dare, dare to say it wanky Tradition. image um, and they're trying What's to and they're trying to implement more casual attire some golf courses you still have to wear long slacks mm. um, obviously collars golfing shoes so all your private golf clubs you have to do this mm. um, public ones are a bit relaxed I think and I think the whole golfing community is trying to transition to that relaxed vibe because that's the next generation coming through. Mm. This came up because I... So the policy for me is overrated. You know, board shorts, thongs, t-shirt. Oh, you you didn't get gypped, did you? Didn't get gypped, but the dirty looks from the members. Thongs, mate, come on. (laughs) Thongs is taking the piss. Well, you're not not hitting your foot. It's not a safety You never know. You don't need shoes to hit a golf ball. Imagine if you went and played a tennis match, right? I know there's an argument for it, but... Your opponent's wearing Crocs. <laughs> yeah, they're just at a disadvantage. <laughs> That's probably the same thing as seeing some guy on golf what, course. What in surface are they on? on? What, on tennis? Yeah. Clay. Clay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyone who doesn't who doesn't like tennis would not have enjoyed that joke. <laughs> like, all right, okay, hilarious. Oh god, um, yeah, the policy is overrated. Thank you. <laughs> I shall continue my yeah, don't golf jump. Right, fight let's, the let's, good fight, brother. Moving on. Moving let's on. move on. What's next? Right, number and two. Finish off. The Winter Olympics. Use of fake snow. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what I mean. I don't know what the public opinion is on it. I well, personally don't really mind if it if it if it means putting the Olympics or the event on or not. Yeah, you got to have it. It's underrated. Yeah, because I think it's a bit like surfing in that 
when you know that the event might be ruled out on the day, you can't quite build your excitement as much. So I, think. I guess a similar situation would be if there was a lay day in surfing, would you have the same excitement if they went 300Ks inland to a wave pool? Use artificial waves. Mm. That's true. They have wave pool events now. Don't they have they a wave, do. But it's dedicated. Yeah, it's not on the tour. It's and not. The waves are perfect. So it's not. It's I would say, you know what? I'm going to go overrated because if I was going to the Winter Olympics as a viewer or as an athlete, you want to immerse yourself in... Fresh power pow. Fresh power pow. 100%. <laughs> that sweet marshmallow. <laughs> you know, you know. You like know. at Falls Creek. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to go overrated. Give me the real yeah, stuff. Yeah, I actually will say overrated. I think they could, they could afford to draw the Winter Olympics out a little bit. Why not? 100%. Just budget two months and just yeah. see when you get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Just extend winter. No. <laughs> they waste winter, mate. Yeah. They try and cram it in. Just say, oh, we'll, we'll be there for two months. We'll see how we go. <laughs> Come if you want. <laughs> a more casual vibe. It's like golf. Yeah. I wouldn't book Bring a your thongs. <laughs> I probably wouldn't book it six months in advance, but. <laughs> yeah, uh, overrated. Over, overrated. Give me the real stuff. Um. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's get back into it. So we've ticked off um, swimming, time-based, time-based sports, and we're going to tick over a couple or a few. We don't have too much time left. Mm. Tennis. Let's go with a bang. Tennis, football, basketball, a lot of ball sports. It's more stuff like shoes, shoes, bats. Bats are a big one. Crickets. Um, starting with tennis. Mm. The ball. Yeah, there's heaps of different changes in this. You could go with... Where do you start? The biggest one for me is the racket. Has to be. It has to be the racket. So, pre... When was it? The 80s? 90s? When... Was it Lendl or someone came in with a titanium racket? But before that time... I have been Lendl. Before that time, it was wooden rackets. Mm. Which is unbelievable. So the current weight of a racket now is probably around about three for a pro, 300 mm. up to 350 grams. Jack in year eight, 400 for some <laughs> reason. Me? Yeah, you had weights. You had weights all over your princess. Oh, mate. yeah. <laughs> you should have picked up one of those things, producer Frey. <laughs> Heavy. Heavy. Yeah. Um, Big dog's got to eat though. I think, I believe the wooden rackets would have been upwards of 400 grams, which doesn't sound like a big difference, but when you hold it and you're swinging and your swing weight is that heavy, it slows you down. slows you it down. It definitely slows you down. And it increases your rack, It decreases your racket head speed drastically. Yeah, well, it's a, it, that is based on wrist, wrist movement. Yeah. With that, a little bit of extra weight, and, and, and it's stiff and heavy. Yeah, so it's heavy, but also the wooden rackets had a smaller head size on them. So it was, I believe it was as small as like, currently they range between like a 95 and 100 square inch head size. The wooden rackets were about 80 square inch. There's a huge difference. Mm. Um, So now we see rackets made of graphite, graphene, graphite. Both. Both? Are they the same thing? Different. No, different. Interesting. Mm, Um, Crazy. Bigger head size. The strings. Very different strings. You can... Huge range of strings out there for more power, spin, control, whatever you want. You can get it. And... <laughs> you like Carl Organics. Yeah, wherever you want to be. <laughs> whatever string you want. You can have it. Kevlar. Kevlar. Ooh. So, yeah, the, I think tennis in particular, and you could probably 
also link this to sports like golf and cricket as well. Yeah, golf definitely, actually. If golf you look at def- an old, old-timey golf club compared to now, <laughs> yeah. pretty different. Pretty different. Um, and it's all about in- decreasing the weight of the bat or the racket and increasing the power at the same time. Yeah. So And control in a lot of cases. It, particularly like in tennis, the sweet spot on a racket now is would definitely be a lot bigger. Oh, yeah. Just the ability to manipulate the ball. Because to be out like, ball control has always been and will always be, be the challenge of the game. Yeah. But they were ball control to an extent where they were just making sure they got it back. All the shots, all the shots were just designed, like a nice flat Conti grip, swinging straight through, a little bit under the ball, just controlling it like that. Yeah. Whereas you can see you have more control over the ball when you're able to whip through. With the modern racket. Yeah. Yeah. If you try to do that with a wooden racket, it's going to be a bit tough. It is very tough. One of the biggest questions with Rocket Rod, how many Grand Slams does he have? He's got a fair few. Well, he's won the Grand Slam twice. Twice. As in four held the, the cal- calendar the calendar year the calendar year four 11. slams um, got eleven, and he's a legend of the sport. People compare him to Rafa, Rog, Novak. He gets put the up there three. at the he very top. I think there. one of the biggest questions going around in tennis, um, particularly among our podcast, is whether if you would put Rocket Rod or Muscles Rosewell in, <laughs> or anyone else with a good nickname. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pistol Pete? No, he was... <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty all-time nickname, um, Would If you put them with today's modern players with the same... The, the modern equipment, rackets, shoes... Training, training, diet. Would they be as good as Rog, Raf, Novak, Andy Murray? Andy <laughs> Murray. <laughs> Could be a bit of a stretch. <laughs> oh, I wanted your reaction. <laughs> You got me. Oh, you got I was me. initially thinking Rog, Raf, Novak, Gilles Simon. <laughs> yeah, Andy Murray was good. But he hasn't won a Andy Murray, for a second, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Jack really rates Andy Murray here, <laughs> yeah. but I think he might have swung a bit too hard. <laughs> you know, it wasn't obvious, though. That was a good one. Uh, respect to Sir Andy, though. Yeah, in, yeah respect. Respect oh, well, to Sir Andy. Respect. So, but, what, what do you think? Well, you would need an actual childhood of training with that equipment. Mm. Um, With that, yeah, I don't see why not. I think, honestly, I think with a lot of these sports, my sort of default position is that give anyone who is at the forefront, given their current technology, training, equipment, whatever, they would be at the forefront in the next stage. Yes. I don't see why not. Because they're working with what they have, which is all anyone can ever do. And yeah. they've been the best against the field. And it can't be purely uh, a genetic change because there's just not enough time for no. that to happen. No, it's, it's a short change. It's, you can't tell me Rocket Rod is somehow genetically designed to just be good with a wooden racket yeah. and a slice. <laughs> Never know. Never know. <laughs> Conditioned. That's the whole maybe. debate. Conditioned, definitely. But so perhaps not. I, I agree nature. with you. I reckon if you put Rod with 10 to 12 years of sports science and training behind him with the current equipment and the graphite bats that we have now, you got to give him a shot. 
I think you do. I don't know if he was ever... He's not the biggest bloke. Do you think he'd have the power game? Well, Fedzi's not the biggest bloke either. That's true. If you're good enough, you sort of overcome that. Yeah, nor's Novak, so... That's true. You're just a sweet striker of the ball. Yeah. You can hit big enough. With those rackets these days, everyone can hit big enough. And he's a sweet, sweet striker of the ball. Yeah. Did you see, I think it was 2019, you had that hit with... They did that rally for relief thing. And he hit... He had a rally with Roger. Yeah. I don't know how old he is, but... He's pretty old. He's hitting it clean, mate. Sweet striker of the yeah, ball. Yeah, very sweet striker of the ball. Um, so, yeah, if you... Uh, I think that goes for most sports. I th- yeah, I think so too. It kind of answers our next questions, but we'll still talk about them. Um, being golf, mm. similar to the racket changes in technology in golf, I think golf, before, it was steel frames, steel everything, wooden heads of the... You know, yeah, heavy but not as much club. bounce. Yeah, exactly. And now it's huge heads of the clubs and the drivers in particular. Feather light, feather light. It's it's bouncy. A huge, yeah. So there's no way Deshambo would be hitting that distance with a 1980s style. No. Golf, well, the interesting thing is he golf club. He himself has turned his body into such a product of the sports science era. I think he would break an, an old I golf think so club. <laughs> I think it would snap <laughs> under the pressure. Yeah, I agree. So, like he himself has he's, has pushed himself past the boundaries of that old technology. But golf's also a bit more of like a crafty sport too. Yeah, like it. Uh, There's skill involved. Same with like tennis, though. Yeah, that's true. Like, how would like a a Jack Nicholas? I don't know what era he, he was like pre nineties golfer. Seventies, eighties, um, still now, even before. I think he's alive. No, he's alive. I don't think just he's alive. <laughs> just? <laughs> no, I don't know. You said it. Jeez. Oh, touch wood, God. <laughs> touch wood. Um, but would he... I think he still holds the most PGA most titles. Majors. The majors, yeah. The golden man. One above Tiger. Is that right? Yeah. So we don't need to question if he'd be at the forefront. He just still is. Yeah, so... Too good. Is driving that big really that big of a... Oh, right. I see what you mean. Yeah. The golden bear. Perhaps not. Like, is DeChambeau... I know we rate DeChambeau and we love him, but... I'm more... I'm still at like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we've also seen big changes in basketball. Ma- not shoes. As, not, yeah. Shoes mainly, 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 I think. shoes. Probably not... The ball probably hasn't changed much. I don't think the ball would have changed that still, much. Still wooden surfaces... Yeah. So mainly should, the rims have changed a lot, but that's just because they would get torn down. But I don't think that's changed performance much. So I think basically shoes, but I mean, shoes are a big one because they were playing in Chuck Taylors. Yeah. Back then. That's true. <laughs> that's that's why all old basketball players walk with flat feet, just looking in pain in the hips. Oh, have you seen Chuck? Yeah. Oh. And he's had hip surgery. He fixed his golf swing, by the way. Has he? Have you seen? Have you seen the old? Golf swing? Yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen the old ones. I've never seen anything like it. He definitely had, he had the yips. He fixed it. It's smooth. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> no way. I'm going to yeah, look that up. Just playing golf at like a charity day with Bo Jackson. I'll do your own research. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be looking that up though. Anyway, have a look. Um, but yeah, and then other sports like uh, various codes of football, footwear, obviously, would be a big change just like, like we were talking about with the sprinting and the ball has actually changed a lot both in soccer and uh, rugby but they're not as big changes as we see in tennis no golf cricket would you say 
No, I wouldn't say. I think because it enables like you, faster play because the ball's lighter. Yeah, and there's no between between you and the ball. So mm. that of being the bat or the it's direct contact. It's direct. So there's less equipment involved. So I, I think therefore your plays pre eighties in your basketballs, your footballs will be able to match it. More comparable. Very much so. The skills change a little, as in like the spiral pass is probably more in vogue. Rule changes. The tactics. Tactics yeah. change. But that's true. In, you would be more directly comparable, as opposed to like a swimmer. Or track and field or even tennis yeah. or golf. Yeah. Um, if you transport them with their current equipment and training, yeah. they'd be so far Like off. if you put like Wilt or Kareem or in today's yeah. environment, you'd back him. Yeah. Or like, Arthur Beatson. Exactly. Give, give him 10 minutes and I think he figures it out. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. He'll get penalized for headbutting someone once. <laughs> oh, we're not, we can't do oh, that Oh, sorry, I so, didn't know. <laughs> then, then two minutes later, he'll try swinging a right hook in a scrum. <laughs> can't do that now either. Oh. <laughs> my mistake, my mistake. Just get back to offloading. <laughs> yeah. And move on. That's what, true, that's that? a good point. <laughs> what, the hooker can't fight for the ball anymore? <laughs> these scrums what's the use that's oh. a good point though with it's the without that interface or that direct connection to the ball yeah so we we have a are there any more sports we want to tick off nah kind of <laughs> talked about a few <laughs> yeah that's, that's enough well i guess if you if you talk tennis that kind of covers squash badminton that's your racket that's true. sports that's a good point we should acknowledge yeah. that racket um, sports sort of fall under that umbrella yeah exactly um We've got a crunch question to round us off. Um, what's the next big advancements in sport? Or what do we think? What do you think we're going to see? And are the changes from here onwards going to be as drastic as we've seen from, say, the seven, 60s and 70s until now? Because we've, we've almost seen an exponential increase in yeah. changes and times and results, until maybe the last ten years, yeah. So slow are, are down we a little? Yeah, are we going to see more advancements, quicker times, or have we reached like what you were explaining before a plateau in sport? I'm not sure. I was wondering about this before because I was thinking about the footy, and I was thinking that although sports medical science has increased, and you do see players come back from like ACL injuries and stuff which that used to be a career ender. Yeah. Do you feel like they're happening a bit more? ACLs? Mm. I do have a point for this one. Last, we spoke about ACLs with producer Swizzle. Mm. And I made the mention of the turf change. Like, why, why is Australia seeing so many ACLs? Yeah. Joey Johns highlighted last week. I don't know if he was... I think it was in I Freddie did see in that. Eighth, and he was also talking about ACLs. And one of the sports scientists he was speaking to said it was attributed to the change in the turf surface. From summer to winter. Exactly. And when it was different so tra- types at once. Yeah, so they're obviously doing, they're training in the preseason with a certain type, depending on the climate. Mm. And then it, within, once it hits winter potentially, or when the season changes or they change grounds or they go to a different climate, they start doing ACLs because the turf's different. That is interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I thought I'd highlight that. That is that's a good that's a good one. But it we talked about it in the rugby. We said that different turf. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 My point. Yeah. So I reckon that's it's got to be attributed to that. Could be. Anyway. Could be. 
but it, anyway, it makes me wonder if the in general athletes are reaching the sort of limit of the human body whilst remaining unaugmented by mm. yeah genetic I think other stuff. <laughs> Um, I think we're definitely seeing a bit of a plateau in terms of, definitely in terms of the timed, the timed events, and we'll see more of a plateau in the next ten years. That's my that's my thoughts. Yeah, I so think it might be. But the next big change, the next big change, I think will be next big change and next big achievement. Oh, with the Olympics coming up too. Yeah, because I reckon we're gonna see. We've seen the four minute mile just been obliterated now. Nearly. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say. The 800 meter, there's going to be a world record. That's really That's specific. Just a guess. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. You base it on gut feel. No, nah, gut feel. Instinct. 100, 100 meter, Bolt's going to claim that for another couple of Olympics, I reckon. And I reckon post Brisbane 2032. <laughs> yeah. It'll be broken. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Cheer them home. That's yeah. true. I think in those uh, high profile events like the 100 meter, I think we know. <laughs> you just have a sip of cold tea. Yeah, not good. That's how it happened. I think we know when there's someone that could break the record because it's a glamour event. We're usually across them. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm not hearing any whispers. No, there's nothing. There's no word. <laughs> um, I don't know what the next big advancement in sport would be. Maybe it will be within the racket sports. Tennis might bring out. Yeah, well, I can't. I can't go past what producer Frey was told us to think about and I have thought about and I can't think of anything else <laughs> yeah, go on changes to equipment for environmental reasons ah that's true to the materials used specifically to be environmentally friendly as opposed to just chasing performance well I think I don't know how far in the future it'll be but I definitely think all businesses and organisations and sporting teams will have to have some kind of environmental friendly way of producing their material Probably at some point you have to you have to bow to that that need for the world because at some point you can't reach you can't reach a place where no one is using a certain material. Yeah. But oh, we need the tennis rackets to stay the same. <laughs> yeah. You know, at some point they're yeah. going to be recycled waste as well. So the next big advancement, I guess, would be keeping the same level of performance in the equipment, but making it more environmentally friendly. Could be. That's be the, a challenge. It's a challenge, yeah. Someone's working on it right now as we speak. Definitely. I'm um, sure. Again, based on gut instinct and feel. And I think to round us off as well with our segment, it'd be safe to say that we all agree, all the three of us here agree, that if you would put your pre-70s and 60s athletes in today's climate with 10 to 12 years of training yep. and sports science behind them and today's modern equipment, that they'd fare. I think so. Period. Period, full stop. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> Exclamation mark. Um, if you want to contest, debate, give us a ring, email through. Jack's phone number is 04... <laughs> just kidding. 28. Oh, you, can, you know the rest. <laughs> I'm going to drop the next three digits in the later podcast. <laughs> We've snuck all digits of his phone number into this podcast. So stay listening for season two. Um, Teaser, next three. Gee, so... That rounds us off pretty much for season one. Um, we do obviously have highlights of the week coming up at the end of the week. Um, and for season two, we've got a two, quick two-day turnaround after our Friday drop, but we're going to be focusing on and leading into our events coming up at KDV, 
which we've mentioned previously, uh, for the Living Living Charity Cup. Producer, unfortunately, I don't think Gus is going to be there. I don't think so. Maybe pending. Pending, but probably <laughs> not. <laughs> um, anyway, myself, producer Frey, will be at the event. We're going to do somewhat of a live podcast, interview some of the players, do a recap of the event. It's going to be an awesome day. We might replace Gus with um, podcast host Swizzle. Swizzle. Doesn't feel good. I already feel jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, and the two weeks leading up to the 30th of May for the event, we're going to be giving you a couple interviews. Fingers crossed that they go ahead. And yeah, pretty. we're going to focus on well, the organization living, mental health, and trying to link it to sport as well. So it's going to be a good season two. A short season two. Mm. But and then season three. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what after that? Not to mention our chat <laughs> with Rafa Nadal next, next episode. That's, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah, a good point. Coming um, so stay tuned once again. Thanks to our podcast sponsor, Kiala Organic Beef. And we'll see you, boys, we'll see you next week or at the end of the week for Hearts of the Week, but also next week for season two. Can't wait. See you then. <laughs>